Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome to Future America. This is the third lesson in a four-lesson series. And before I go any further, I want to welcome again everyone online, whether you're Believer's Facebook page, whether you're my favorite place, Believer's YouTube channel, or Believer's.cc, or you're listening in the future on our app or some other way. And I want to welcome all the men at TCI Correctional Facility. Gentlemen, we pray for you all the time. Thanks for reaching the population there and bringing people to Christ. And then I want to welcome our Boardman campus. Your worship was just amazing. I know that you enjoyed it. And in case you're visiting in Boardman, my name is Joe Caminetti Sr. I'm the lead pastor here at Believers. And I have the privilege of teaching the Warren and the Boardman campus simultaneously. Hey, Warren, can we give it up for Boardman? Let's give a shout and a clap. We love you guys. We are so excited about what God's doing in Boardman. And I'm excited about today, and you see a smile on my face. This, this is lesson three. And this is gonna make lessons one and two make more sense than even when I had the privilege of teaching them because this is called the move. And this lesson's about God doing an incredible move on planet Earth. That means he pours the Holy Spirit out, there's gifts of the Spirit, and then people's hearts are open, opening and people are coming to Christ. You know how lesson one was about the rebellion and the world's gonna rebel against God and his Christ? Guess what? Many of them are gonna come into the kingdom and we'll talk about that because there's going to be a move of God. In lesson two, we talked about the fall and how many Christians will fall away, but guess what? Many of them will be caught up in this move and come back to Christ. So it's gonna be an amazing time. We have the privilege of talking about the greatest move that ever took place on planet Earth. I'll help you see what I'm referring to. So if you're visiting, I have a big idea for the lesson. This is what I want us to walk out understanding more clearly than ever. And here's how it goes. When the world looks the darkest, the church will reap a huge harvest. And this is really important. It's going to be the biggest harvest of souls coming to Christ in the history of mankind. It's, it's gonna be amazing. And we had some big ones, but no matter how dark the world becomes, God actually moves stronger and we'll see that. But I wanna share two things connected to this. The first thing that came to mind was Gideon. And if you don't know who Gideon was, he was one of the judges found in the book of Judges. During the book of Judges, Israel didn't have a king. And then here's what they would do, never fails. They would walk away from God, they would rebel. They'd say, we don't want you, God. And then they'd have a, another army come in and conquer them, and so they're under the rule. Well, one of the judges was Gideon. And Gideon, this is really cool, this gives me encouragement. Gideon, the Bible says, was from the wimpiest tribe in Israel. And he was the wimpiest person in all of Israel at the time. And isn't that cool that God can take a wimp, myself included, and he can give us boldness, he can call us, and we can do things we never thought we would do. So we're not gonna talk about and show you how God pulled him up. But now he's the leader. The Bible says the Midianites' army was so big, uh, it, you couldn't count it. It was like the sand on the seashore. So at least 100,000 from when we look other places in the Bible, a couple hundred probably. And Israel had an army that Gideon was able to raise up of 32,000 people. And God said to Gideon, he said, you know what? That's just too many. Tell everyone that's afraid to go home. And 22,000 people said, I'm going home. So then he has 10,000 people. And he's like, God, how could you do this to me? I'm feeling wimpy again. And then God said, you know what, Gideon? That's still too many. Tell everybody to go to the river and take a drink. He said, anybody that gets down on all fours and laps like a dog, he says, I want them out of here. And he said, whoever drinks like this, 
cups it and looks around. He says, that's your army. Do you know 9,700 lapped like a dog? And he had 300 left. And God says, I'm going to win this thing with just 300 in your army. And I think there's some symbolism because you know what this symbolizes? It symbolizes what God says of all Christians. He says, I want you watching and waiting in these last days. And we'll have millions of us on planet Earth, not just 300. But I just think it's amazing that Gideon and these 300 conquered an army of hundreds of thousands. And when God decides to move and fall, everything you think is impossible becomes possible. So I want, I want to make sure, you know, lesson one, yeah, there's a rebellion. Lesson two, yeah, many will fall away. But guys, and then God's going to move. And that's what this lesson's about. And I'm so excited about it uh, because he's going to move. And then it reminded me of something I witnessed years ago. I was in Romania, and uh, at that time, they were under Soviet rule. They were part of the Iron Curtain. And their government told them, communism, their government said, you can have church, but you can't preach Christ. You can't say he's the only way to heaven. And I met this pastor there. He was awesome. And we preached in his church. And he told us some stories that were mind-blowing. He said the government would send spies in to see if he was you know, sharing Jesus and giving an altar call. And he said they kept accepting Christ. So the government sends these spies and they keep accepting Jesus as their savior and they become part of the church. Can we give it up for God and just say, whoa, God is amazing. I looked this guy in the eye, man. It was amazing to hear what was happening there. And so I also want to bring us out of a place of fear because guys, when the world looks the darkest, the church will reap a huge harvest. The biggest harvest of souls coming to Jesus that we've ever seen. So I have a scripture for you. I read this at the end of lesson one because I'm talking about the rebellion. And I thought we got to bring us up now after that, right? And, and, and I just wanted to introduce you to it, but now I want to read it for the main lesson here. Romans 5.20, the law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. Now, God's grace is when God just pours himself out on the world. It's the Holy Spirit. It's the gifts of the Spirit. It's God opening hearts, God doing what only he can do. And here's the Bible principle. The more sin there is in the earth, the more God pours grace onto the earth. And it kind of reminds me of my Italian grandmas when I was growing up. Mom and dad would always take us over our grandmas. And one we called Nana. That was my dad's mom. The other grandma, my mom's mom. And it never failed. We'd go over a couple times a week. And we usually went after supper, after dinner, and we'd go over there. And Italian grandmas back then, I mean, you had to eat. And so uh, all of a sudden, all this food appeared, like cutlets and pasta. And then they took these cookies out, like that were fancy Christmas cookies, and they just lay it all out before you. And they say, oh, honey, you got to eat. You gotta, come on, honey, you got to eat. They have us some food, honey. And you're like, Grandma, I just ate. I'm so full. No, honey, you got to eat some cookies. You got to have us some food. And I used to go in the living room to get away from them. And I'm in the living room. And then they bring a plate. They'd make this plate, all kind of food and desserts. And they bring it in and say, honey, you got to eat. You're going to offend me if you don't eat, honey. Have us some, have us some food. And I'm telling you, grandmas, don't do that. It might create bad habits in your kids, right? So, so, so listen, listen, listen. I really believe God's going to be like my Italian grandmas. The world's rebellion. They're rebelling. They're saying, I don't want you, God. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't even think you exist. I'm tired of what your Bible says. I think that's an old book, and I don't think it's for us. And God's going to say, listen to the world. you got to take some of my grace. Here's some of my grace. And the world's going to say, we don't want any grace. We don't want you. And God's going to say, oh, no, you got to take some of my grace. Here's the plate of my grace. And guys, even the world is rebelling against God. 
He's going to open their hearts. And, you know, it won't be everybody, but there's going to be tons, millions of people that don't believe God exists, millions of people that are rebelling against God and his church. They're going to be like those spies that came in in Romania, and God's going to open up their hearts. And we're going to see a harvest like we have never witnessed before. I'm excited. Take some of my grace. So come on. And so I'm really, really excited about this, guys. And so I came up with just two things or three things I want to help us understand about this revival. And here's the first one. God's point of view is different than our point of view. And man, this is a good time for us to begin to look at things the way God does. Question, do you think God's worried about the upcoming election? You think he's worried? Oh no, what if the wrong person wins? Uh, I don't think he's worried. Do you think he's worried about what's going on in the world today? Now that's not to say you shouldn't vote. This isn't political, but you should vote. You should vote what you believe. You should be involved. Don't want to just sit back and say, well, God says all in control. I'm not going to do that. No, be a good American. Vote and do all that stuff. But guys, listen, listen. God's up there. He's not worried about it. The Bible says he stands outside of time. He created time. Our minds can't figure it out. But he stands outside of time. He can literally see the beginning all the way to the end. Isn't that crazy? The Bible says this. When it comes to leaders of nations or any type of leader, God can take their heart. He says he can put it in the palm of his hand, and he can take them any direction he wants to take them. That is really exciting. And then they think they're making decisions that they want to do, and God's like, ha, 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 this is what I want you to do. And they go, oh, that's my idea. Okay, oh, that's my idea. And guys, I think the church needs to take a chill pill. I really do. Listen, listen. Do you think God's worried about COVID? I'm not saying it's not serious. I'm not saying there isn't threats. I'm not saying people haven't died from it. But do you think God's worried about it? Do you think God's angry? Do you think God wants to throw something through the TV when when we're watching the news? I don't think so, guys. And we want to come to a place to where we realize, hey, let's look at this world the way God looks at this world. And there's a very incredible Psalm, Psalm 2, and it's, it's, it's in our Old Testament, the Jewish Bible, and it's just the most amazing psalm about Jesus. This is before Jesus ever came. God was letting the world know he's coming. Listen to Psalm 2, verse 1. What fools the nations are to rage against the Lord. How strange that men should try to outwit God. This is the rebellion time, right? And it's always happened throughout history. Verse 2. For a summit conference of the nations has been called to plot against the Lord and his Messiah, Christ the King. He's letting us know Jesus is coming. Now, Jewish people believe uh, that he hasn't come yet. And what we call the second coming, they think it's the first coming. But that's all cool because the Bible talks about both. And listen to this. Come, let us break his change. This is the time we're living in, they said, and free ourselves from all his this slavery to God. And that's the rebellion, chapter one. But guys, here's what God's doing during this time. Verse four, but God in heaven merely laughs. I, I, I'm not good at faking a laugh, but he's up there going, ha, 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 right? And it says, and he is amused by all their puny plans. And then in Pharaoh's fury, he rebukes them and fills them with fear. That's coming up, guys. We call it uh, the chapters about uh, the great tribulation period. There will be a time when God judges the earth. We're now under the season of grace, the church age. Beautiful time, but there's coming that time. But What's God doing with all this craziness going on all over the world? He's up there laughing, saying, guys, you think you're in control? You think you're going to get rid of me? But I'm going to give you some grace, and I'm going to reach you. That's what he's saying. He's up there. Now, guys, listen to this. Listen to this. Verse 6. For the Lord declares, this is the king of my choice. Now he's talking about Jesus. 
And I have enthroned him in Jerusalem, my holy city. The Bible calls Jerusalem the, the apple of God's eyes. And that's where Jesus will set up his throne when he comes back. Listen to verse seven. His chosen one replies, this is Jesus now speaking in the Old Testament. And, and it says this, I will reveal the everlasting purpose, purposes of God. Now guys, what is that? That's what's been hidden for all ages, but it's now been revealed that God's gonna send his son, he's gonna die for us, he's gonna free us, his blood's gonna save us, and it's been revealed, and it goes on to say, uh, for the Lord has said to me, you are my son, this is your coronation day, today I'm giving you your glory. Remember when Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist? That's when the heavens opened, he said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. It's all been spoken of before it ever happened. Verse eight. Only ask and I will give you all the nations of the world. Did you know that God said the heathens, the non-Christians, that he's given them to us as our inheritance? Guys, we can go after them and bring them into the kingdom. Yeah, they're gonna rebel, sure. But there's a lot of them that are meant to become Christians. He goes on and says this. He says, serve the Lord with reverent fear. Verse 11, rejoice with trembling. And he's crying out to the world, He's crying out to the kings. I skipped a verse, so I ask you to forgive me. Verse 10, O kings and rulers of the earth, listen while there is still time. So he's pleading with them. And verse 11, serve the Lord with reverent fear, rejoice with trembling. He's just saying, man, accept my Christ. Accept my Christ. Listen to verse 12, you ready? Fall down before his son and kiss his feet. And I remember as a young Christian, I used to go, ew, I don't wanna do that, right? It's kind of gross. But you know the literal, the literal Hebrew Jewish scholars will tell you this, it literally means to embrace his purity. That's just embracing Jesus as savior. And then it says before his anger is roused and you perish, that's gonna happen somewhere in the future. Or if you die before you accept him. I am warning you his wrath will soon begin, but oh, the joys of those who put their trust in him. And that's what that great revival is gonna do, guys. That's what's happening now when we're leading people to the Lord. And so God says, yeah, the world's gonna rebel. I'm up there laughing, don't worry, I have a plan. And now I wanna talk about the second thing we need to understand, and that is God has a plan for man. And you know, the Bible talks about two major revivals. It talks about the early rain, that's when God pours out, rain is the type of the Holy Spirit. And then there's the latter rain, the early rain took place in the book of Acts, and we, we hear it talked about in the book of Acts, but there's another rain that the Bible talks about, and it's an amazing outpouring of the Spirit. So the early rain has come, a lot, latter rain is coming, but there's been a lot of what we call revivals in the earth in between. And one that I, I, I just know some people that were involved with in it was uh, what they call the healing revival from 1947 to 1957. Now, I was born December of 1958, so I missed that whole thing. But one of my mentors, who's now in heaven, he was part of it. And during that revival, there were about 50 revivalist preachers. They had these big tents, and they went all over the country, and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, and millions over time, over that 10 year, came into these tents and accepted Christ as their savior. And God also did all these miracles. So I was with him, and I heard him teach a lot, and I said, hey, you're talking about what God did and all these great things. Why isn't he doing it today? I said, why isn't he doing it today? He goes, well, that was, that was a move of God. He said, it was just a move of God. He says, now we let people receive by faith. We pray for the gifts to flow, and they do. But he said, that was, that was a move of God. And I said, so what was it like? And he said, 
He said it was like the atmosphere was charged with God. He said it was everywhere. He said you could give a terrible altar call and people would come to Christ. He said you could pray the wrong way and people would be healed. And he said it was like parts of bodies were like out there. And he said, I saw limbs grow back. People didn't have limbs. Their limbs came back. But it wasn't happening when he was, you know, my mentor. And he said, oh, no, that was a move of God. So, guys, that's God's plan. He always wants us to reach out. We'll talk about that before we close today. But there is coming a move of God, that latter rain that is so amazing. And I'm so excited about it. So it began in the book of Acts. Listen to Acts chapter 2, verse 17. It says, in the last days, God said, I will pour out my Holy Spirit upon all mankind and your sons and daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions and your older men shall dream dreams. So now I'm in the dream time. I'm doing the dreams now. And I prayed once, I said, God, why, why are the older ones having dreams? He goes, because every time you sit down to watch something, you fall asleep. So he says, I've got to give you a dream, right? <laughs> My kids tease me. It's like, why did you ever sit down to watch this game? I don't know. I just, I just fell asleep. But, but, but guys, a vision is a dream when you're awake. And this is just referring to that outpouring of God. And, and it's so powerful. But here's what's crazy. Peter is quoting the book of Joel, chapter 2. And when you read Joel chapter two, you know, the context of Joel chapter two, it's a future event that hadn't happened at this time. It's referring to when Israel's dispersed, then God brings them back. That happened in 1948. And then it says this should begin to happen. So I remember when I learned that, I started asking, Peter pulling scripture out of context, shame on you, Peter. And then I realized, no, he's speaking by the Holy Ghost. And then I realized God hid the early rain. And now Peter's saying, this is the first one. Joel's the second one, but the first one's happening right here. Listen to what he went on to say, verse 18. It says, yes, the Holy Spirit shall come upon all my servants, men and women alike, and they shall prophesy. In other words, there's going to be an incredible move of God, not just prophesying, but God moving in the earth. And so in Joel, when you read Joel chapter one, verse one, all the way to 27, it talks about the time this should happen. And then God does this all the time. He says, he says yeah, I kept this one hidden, but, but now I'm going to tell you about this one. And he showed us, oh, there's an early, there's a latter. So can we look in Joel? Listen to this, Joel 2.28. This is what Peter was uh, quoting, but he didn't say this first phrase. It says an afterward. That's the verses above, and that's after Israel comes back in the land. So guys, this is the second, this is the latter rain. And Peter's letting us know there was the first one too. It says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Verse 29, even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Verse 30, and Peter quoted this too. I will show wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and billows of smoke. That's what's gonna happen in this last one right near the end before Jesus takes the church. Verse 31, the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. That's gonna be the seven-year tribulation period. We're gonna be taken out. I'm excited about that. Verse 32, here, here's, here's the big one, right? And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved or they'll become a Christian. Their sins will be washed away. For on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, there will be deliverance as the Lord has said, even among the survivors whom the Lord calls. Guys, there's a latter rain. I don't know when it's coming. I know it's close. I know we're beginning to see the rebellion. We're beginning to see the fall. And guys, 
eventually we're gonna see the move of God and it's going to be amazing. So you take the book of Acts and then I would say, you know, at least times 10 and you're gonna see God do this incredible move on the earth because when the world rebels, when the world becomes the darkest, then we're gonna see the church reap a huge harvest. And I'm excited about that, but here's the big question. What do we do while we're waiting, right? I mean, my whole Christian life we've been waiting Right? I remember going into churches as a new Christian and I'd hear them talk about this ladder move. So I'm not bringing anything out, the ladder rain. I've heard it since I was a Christian. And so those churches took the posture. Well, that's coming, so let's, let's just wait till it comes. And so they were all inward. It was, just, it was all about the Christian and church and that's what it was all about. We need to feed the Christian, raise up disciples and all that. But that's, what, that's all it was. And I remember going to Bible school and I became the young adult pastor part-time while I went to Bible school of, of a really huge church uh, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And so I, I remember going to the outreach pastor who was doing no outreach. And I said, hey, do you mind if I take the young adults out on the streets in downtown Tulsa and we just share Jesus with people? He goes, we don't have any room, we're fine. And I said, but we're supposed to reach the world. He goes, ah, if you wanna do it, go ahead and do it. And he's like, you're the outreach pastor. You're not doing any outreach, buddy. And so, and so I, uh, I began to do it and we saw some great results, but that was the attitude of many churches. And guys, you know what? If that's the attitude we take, what about all the people from the time that, you know, let's go back to 1940, let's go back till the time of the first revival, but let's go into our modern day time. What, what if we didn't share and those people didn't come into the kingdom? What if Lou didn't share Jesus with me? What if Lou was sitting on his laurels saying, uh, we're waiting for the big move. Lou was out there saying, I'm gonna pull in as many people as I can pull in. And I think my parents, they're already in heaven. Uh, they didn't make the big move, but I'm so glad people reached out to them. I'm so glad God did what he did, right? So the attitude of the church has to be, the big one's coming but we can still go after people before it comes. And so we pray for the lost and we say, God, open up their hearts. And, and guess what? The Holy Spirit wants to work gifts of the Spirit through us even now. I did the gifted series before this one. We wanna be saying, God, we desire spiritual gifts. God, use us. And guys, the Bible talks about this and it's absolutely amazing. And Jesus himself talked about it. And I love what he said. He said, you know what? Some of you feel like Gideon. Some of you feel really wimpy. Ask God to take the wimp out of you, right? So you can share Christ. Listen to Matthew 9:35. It says, Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news in the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. Listen to verse 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. This one really got me because it's like, for me, Sometimes I can look at really rebellious people and, and get mad at them. Like, why do you believe the way you do? Why are you doing what you're doing? And Jesus looked at all these rebellious people. They were probably on the other side of the political aisle. You know, they're, they believe different religiously and whatever. And he just looked at them and he had compassion on them. He said, you know what? They need God in their life. And I want us to begin to look at the world that maybe we disagree with and say, you know what? They need God in their life. Think of the person you disagree with the most or you think they're the most godly person on the planet. I don't want to throw any names out there. That wouldn't be right, right? But just think of some of them and just think God looks at them and says, they're harassed, 
They're under the control of the enemy, and I want to free them. I don't know about you, but I'm excited about the people God wants to free. Jesus wants to free people. And listen to what he says to us. He goes on to say in verse 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. So I see two things here. One, I pray this all the time, because by nature, it's hard to share Jesus with people. Um, And I'm an outward person, but every time I decide to do it, even when I used to go on the streets in Bible school, I was always nervous with that first person I was gonna share with. I I had like nervous stomach. And then as soon as I stepped into it, it was fine. But I always pray and say, God, make me bold, give me boldness, turn me into a soul winner. And the Bible says we can pray for God to do that. But you know what else I've done over the years? How many of you have relatives that don't want to hear a word you say about Jesus? Anybody in here? Anybody in Borman? Anybody online? Give it up in that chat room. Say, that's me. We have those relatives that don't want to hear anything about Jesus. And then, you know, they, they call me Joey still because that's what they call me when I was little. So, hey, how you doing, Joey? And, and, and so they don't respect what I'm saying, and they're like, oh, I believe differently, or oh, you're a little bit kooky, you're one of those Jesus freaks, Joey. And so what I began to do, and we, Gina and I do it on both sides of the family, is we just began to pray, Lord, would you raise up a, a, someone to harvest their souls where they live? Somebody, they could live here, or they can live far away. And I just think of one of my cousins, he, he lived far away, and he didn't want to hear anything, and he was a brainiac and a VP of a company and things. And I just began to pray for him. And I said, Lord, would you send somebody he respects to share Jesus with him? And I'm also praying God open up his heart. Do you know that I received, it was the most incredible email I received. He sends me an email and he says, hey, Joey. He says, uh, he says this guy invited me to a connect group. And, and he goes, I really like it. I love it. He said, and he goes to this church. The pastor's name's Rick Warren. Do you think that's an okay church? And I'm like, yeah. I, t- I email him back. I said, yeah, that's probably one of the best churches on planet Earth. I said, dig in, right? And I'm just so excited how God pulled him in and won him. But I didn't have to do anything but pray. You need to just pray that way for your relatives. And guys, take a look at what Jesus said. Even before the great harvest, the harvest is plentiful. There are people out there hungry for God. So as a church, guys, can I thank our dream team real quick? I want to thank our dream team, Boardman, and here in Warren. You're helping us win people to Christ, and it's amazing what we're doing together. I want to ask everybody, can you pray for us, our leadership? Because I think there's even more witty ways to win people. So pray and ask God to show us even greater plans to reach people. And guys, let's get all the harvest we can but I am so excited about the day that is coming. It's going to be amazing. And this world that's rebelling, God's gonna bring grace on them. Isn't that exciting? Yeah, there's a judgment somewhere in the future, but God wants to bring so many. He has compassion on all of them. So in Borman, in Warren, I know I did it once, but I love doing this because, man, we should be excited about what God says in the Bible. Can we thank God that the big one's coming and we can harvest while we're waiting? Let's give it up for God, man. That's awesome. Now I'd like to pray. Let's bow our heads. Borman, TCI, online, pray right now. Come on, unless you're driving, right? And here in Warren, let's, let's pray. Father, we pray that prayer now for each and every one of us. Lord, create in us a desire for souls. Raise us up. And when we're in circumstances, show us where those open doors are. 
give us boldness. Like you, you raised Gideon up. Give us boldness, Lord, to share the message. And we thank you for doing that. And Lord, we now just come into agreement. We pray for all of our relatives and we ask you to bring people into their life that they'll respect to share Jesus with them. And guys, you can even whisper those names right now. Lord, I just, we ask you to reach them. We ask you to come into their lives with the good news of Jesus Christ. And Father, we want to be like Gideon's army, man. Lord, anoint us and give us the ability to have our heads up and to serve you and to be waiting. And Lord, we also thank you for that day that's coming. Oh my goodness. Can't wait to see it, Jesus. Thanks for allowing us to be born during this time. We love you for it. Let's stay in an attitude of prayer, guys. Maybe you're listening and you're not sure if you're forever. You're not sure if you were to die, if you'd go to heaven or hell. So I'm talking to two classes of people. Some of you may not even believe God exists and here you are listening, right? And, and some of you, uh, you may be members of churches. Uh, you may have grown up in church. I'm not asking that question right now. I'm not asking if you grew up in church, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. Good things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you made it real and personal and said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven. There's nothing else I can do but believe in you and I accept you as my savior. The Bible says that's what saves us. That's how we embrace the Lord. That's how we kiss his feet. So heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're listening online, Borman, TCI, Warren, you say, that's me. Here's all I need you to do, to pray with me. And the rest of us are gonna help you pray. So can, can we pray this prayer? And if you're praying it for the first time, simply mean it from your heart. Say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner and I'm sin-stained. That's why I'm looking to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. You appeared in a body and you died for my sins and the sins of the entire world. And I believe, Jesus, that God raised you up out of the grave and I look to you right now for my salvation. I receive you as my savior. I declare your Lord and I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Now heads are bowed in the rooms and online, man. Listen, guys, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happen. All your sins were washed away. God saved you. It's amazing what just happened. But you might not have felt a thing. You know what else is happening right now? It is pretty cool what's happening right now. The Bible teaches us that God the Father and all of heaven are celebrating if one person on planet Earth accepts Jesus. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.